0: Welcome to Buy the Books, the podcast helping business owners navigate the complex world of business, tax, and bookkeeping. Now, to the owner and president of Secline, Lindsay Klein.
1: Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining today. This is Buy the Books, hosted by me, Lindsay Klein, and my impromptu co-host, Chris Gross of Free Donation. Thanks for joining me today.
0: Thank you for having me, Lindsay. I'm just happy to be here.
1: So today, I want to talk about... Cash versus accrual accounting. Do you have any knowledge of this topic?
0: So I know what cash is. (laughs) I I could tell you what cash is. Okay. I have cash on me, but other than that, I have no idea.
1: (laughs) Okay. I have no idea. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Okay. Because the IRS allows most companies to choose whether you want to file your taxes based on accrual accounting or cash accounting. And most companies can make that choice. Now they do have a requirement: if you're beyond twenty-five million in gross annual revenue, you okay. have to do accrual. If you're a corporation, so it, there is limitations. But most small businesses can choose. And so I want to talk about that and what it is. Which basically the difference between the two, yeah, is timing. It really okay. just boils down to timing. When you we you even talked about um, financial statements in recent episodes, the balance sheet, the income statement, the statement of cash flows. You remember those conversations? Yes. yes. Those are going to be different based upon whether you select to show them on accrual basis or a cash basis, and the only reason they're different is because the timing. So, in accrual. An accrual-based system. It's going to record the income and the expenses at the time that they're earned. So if you deliver a good or service, but you don't get paid for it until the next month, as an example, in accrual accounting, you'll reflect the income when the service or good was performed or delivered. Okay. In cash accounting, it would not show up in your revenue until you actually got paid. So the cash basis accounting actually is following the cash. Makes sense, that makes right? makes sense. That makes sense. So yes. to break it down in more detail, let's just say you invoiced a, co- a customer in March, sent them an invoice. You didn't get paid till April. In an accrual accounting system, you would go ahead and book that revenue and it would be in a holding company, if you will, or not company, a holding account known as accounts receivables. So, if you're using accounts receivables, that's an accrual system. Now, you might still file your taxes under a cash basis, but record your books on an accrual basis. Okay. Now, when that payment is made in April, on the accrual system, you would... Basically, do a journal, or if you're using QuickBooks or something like that, it's not going to look like a journal. It would just be you receiving the pay- payment from that customer. But the journal behind the scenes is that you're debiting cash and you're crediting your accounts receivables. So now the accounts receivable is back to zero for that transaction and your cash has been increased. Okay. On a cash basis system, you don't do anything with that transaction until you get the cash in your bank. Then you record the revenue. So let's, let's talk about maybe a more complicated transaction. Insurance. Are you familiar with how insurance is paid? Yes. Generally speaking. Yes. So how has your experience been with insurance?
0: As far as how I pay?
1: Yeah. How you pay? What period?
0: We, we do quarterly. Okay. So we make four payments a year.
1: Okay, yes. so that's one option. Obviously, some people can pay. Your your insurance company probably gives you the option to pay yes. once a year, yeah. or once every six months. That's typical. Um, very rarely do you pay once a month. Does happen, but they usually charge you more if you do. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. a lot of companies, small businesses, are paying once a year for their policies. Any policy doesn't even matter. So in accrual accounting, you would recognize the only the amount for each month it's like you would take the annual amount you would divide it by 12 and each month you would only reflect one twelfth of that expense does that make sense yes yes so you're actually reflecting the true amount for that month that you paid for insurance because let's say you did cancel your policy you would get money back if you if you canceled it midway Mm -hmm. through the year say you had it for six months and then you canceled it, you would get six months of premium back. So essentially, you have an asset known as prepaid insurance, which again is another holding account. Okay. So in a, if you're doing it by an accrual basis, you would have a prepaid insurance asset account on your balance sheet. You would put 11 twelfths of the insurance into that holding account and only expense one twelfth of that the first month, and then every month thereafter, you would book one sure. So the accrual system is more time consuming. There's more bookkeeping mm-hmm. involved because you're doing things like that to make sure that only the goods or services that are used or uh, performed in that month are recognized in that month. Another example where you might have a difference between the two is unclear checks. Let's say you write a check to a vendor but it takes them a while to actually cash the check. This happens. This is why in our company, one of our policies at the end of the year is to look and see even before the end of the year, like I'm starting to look at it in November, what unclear checks are out there. Let's get those resolved before the end of the year because it can cause some issues. So uh, if you're pulling a financial statement on a cash basis, those unclear checks are not going to show up anywhere. Because no cash has been transferred yet. On an accrual system, they will show up. Because they're essentially being held, they're being recognized, even though technically the money hasn't come out of the bank account yet. So those are some examples of where you would see differences between a cash and accounting system. Does it make sense?
0: Yes, it does. So, a couple questions that come to my mind.
1: Uh-huh.
0: First of all, is there one that would be, which one do you think is more beneficial to your average small business? Now, of course, we're going to have small businesses who may, you know, have very different circumstances, but for your average small business, um, which do you think would be the more beneficial way of doing things?
1: It depends. <laughs> <laughs> for companies that do a lot of inventory, usually account or the accrual accounting method is recommended for those cases. Um, if it, and it also depends on the goals of the business owner. If you want really accurate recording, and you you know you want to make really good business decisions based on your financials, the accrual method is definitely a more accurate, holistic way yeah. of looking at your financials. It's going to it's going to show you everything. Because you don't it, have
0: to wait for any cash to come in or go out.
1: Right. So it's going to show all of your payables. It's going to show all of your receivables, even if it hasn't hit your bank account. So it's going to give you a much more holistic view of your business. And it's also going to recognize the transactions in the month they were performed or in the Mm -hmm. month that they were uh, occurred. So even if the cash didn't transfer two or three months after you're recognizing it when it happened. So it is more accurate in that sense. However, as I explained, it's a lot more time consuming. There's a lot more bookkeeping involved. Yes. So because of that, most small businesses go with a cash based system simply because It's a lot faster. Mm -hmm. It's easy to tell when things hit your bank. It's easy to bring, especially if you're using something like QuickBooks where you can link your bank account and everything comes in from the bank and you just code it as it comes in. That's a lot easier than making sure that you're booking it at the time that it happened. So it really just depends on the goals of the business owner and how much in terms of resources they're willing to invest in it.
0: So I come to... Lindsay Klein and Sakline, and, and and I want you to handle my bookkeeping which if that's something you're interested, definitely reach out to Lindsay um, <laughs> How do you go about these two different methods? Do you have one that you prefer or is it always a conversation with the business owner of how they want to do it?
1: Definitely. I mean, every business owner can choose to do it how they wish. However, if a business owner wants to do accrual, they have to be a lot more invested in terms of getting us information. Right, right. Um, And that could be as simple as, you know, a lot of companies have a system that they use to invoice customers that's not necessarily their accounting system. So there has to be some communication between those two. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that can be automated or sometimes it's just a report that's given to us so that we know – this is what was actually billed out. Otherwise, all we're going to see is what went in and out of the bank account. So that as long as the owner is invested and in good with providing mm-hmm. all the information we need, which is going to be invoices that mm-hmm. are both paid and ones that were billed to customers, um, then yeah, I mean, I honestly prefer that just because I like the fact that it's a more accurate, holistic Absolutely. viewpoint. But by and large... I think only one customer I have that's willing to put in the effort mm-hmm. to do it. I mean, not to—I'm not disparaging anyone that uses the cash method. I mean, I get why people don't don't really care that much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It's just not worth. It's kind of you have to weigh the cost benefit yeah. to it.
0: Okay, so let's let's look at that. Then let's look at the cost benefit. So um, maybe there's the person who's considering it, and they go, "Well, that sounds like a, a lot of work. I think I would just want to stick with the cash." the cash method what are those what are those benefits why would you suggest hey you want to put in the extra effort you want to be the one to be you know more in tune with your numbers to make sure that you are doing the accrual method what's the what's the benefit why are you telling people that that might be the way to go
1: well i would say the main reason is just because it is reflecting everything at the time that it actually happened, you have a much better view of Mm -hmm. what your expenses and income actually are in any given month. Um, I'll give you an example. I billed a client recently that didn't pay a couple of months of his bill, and then he just paid everything all at once. Well, because we're doing cash bookkeeping for him, our bill to him All of it showed up in one month, but Mm -hmm. it was accumulation of several months of service. So he all of a sudden on his financial statements are showing this very large accounting bookkeeping fee when in reality it should have been spread out over the course of multiple months. So all of a sudden your books are skewed in that month. It looks like your overhead was astronomical. And then in other months, it looks like it was really low.
0: Right. You right. have
1: those kind of situations yeah. come up when you're only recognizing things when they hit your bank account. So
0: so you can, and I could see how something you mentioned earlier, where if you're going to make some kind of big business decision, it, it it is so much more beneficial to know, okay, this picture that I'm looking at right now is where I'm at, regardless of whether those checks have come in or right. not, because I could see somebody running into problems where if you think, man, I've got all this, um, you know, I've got all this cash on me and you go to make a purchase and you're not thinking about, you know, the, the, the checks that right. haven't cleared. right? Exactly. And then those clear your cash comes out. So I could totally see that. So one question I thought of, and um, this may be an off-the-wall question. If it is, swat it away. <laughs> but one thing I could see where this could be you know, a bit problematic is, let's say you are using the, um, the cash method. You, you provide somebody with an invoice in December, and you don't receive that cash until January. So in something in that case, and I'll, I think I have these right. If I have them backwards, tell me. But in the accrual method, you would apply that to the the previous year's mm-hmm. tax, the the tax year. Whereas on the cash method, when you receive that in January, that's going on the next year. Is that correct?
1: Yes, so. I'm impressed. <laughs> Thank you. you have picked this up really quickly. So I could see how <laughs> that
0: could be very very confusing mm-hmm. if you just like started out the year and you hadn't done any invoices and you're looking back at your tax year and you go, oh my gosh, you know we had all of these just random transactions in January of this year where we don't have a lot of documentation for.
1: So there is definitely a tax ramification to how you do it, which is why the IRS requires you to file a form. It's called uh, Form 3115, if I'm not mistaken. You have to file that form if you want to switch from one to the other because there are tax ramifications. So just as you stated, if you're using the accrual method, you're going to recognize that revenue for tax purposes in the month you build it and perform the service. If you're doing the cash method, you don't pay the taxes on that income until you actually get paid from the customer. And then it also works the same way with your expenses. You cannot recognize the deductions for expenses Mm -hmm. you haven't paid yet if you're using the cash method. But in the accrual method, you can recognize those deductions at the time the service was given or performed for you. So it's just two different ways of doing it, and it's all about timing. Yeah. So that's why you can look at a financial statement in cash, and then switch it over to accrual, and the numbers are different. It's yeah. just timing. Everything is in there. Obviously, you haven't changed anything by making that switch, but the timing is different. Yeah.
0: Okay, so I have, I have one more question, and then if you have anything else, we can get to that. But this, so it, it has to do with, you know, maybe getting audited. Mm-hmm. And look, no one likes getting a letter. Yesterday, I, I pulled a, a letter out of the mailbox, you know, and it said it was from Internal Revenue oh, Service, no. and immediately everybody <laughs> freaks out, right? And I, I'm, I'm fine. It was, it was President Biden telling me that you know there was, there was money on, on the way, um, and so it was a, like a huge relief. <laughs> but w- thinking about getting those letters in the mail, right? Is there one method that is going to make you less likely? to an audit or the IRS kind of looks at them? Is it more of a much more individual business by business basis?
1: That's actually a really great question. I don't know the answer to that, to be honest with you. I'll have to start asking some CPAs (laughs) that have been through the audit because I don't know, you know, um, that, you know, obviously the cash method, you can verify very easily through your your bank statements, right? Because everything Mm -hmm. is right there in black and white from your bank. Um, The accrual method, there's a lot more room for maneuvering there. Yes, so if yeah. I had to guess, I would say more likely the accrual method could raise some red flags because there's things that you might just date them and say the yeah, service or good was right. performed or given, but was it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot more amb- ambiguity? Ambi- ambiguity. Oh my goodness. I cannot say that word. Um, So that's where I, I, if I had to guess, I would say it would be the accrual method that might get audited more than a cash method. Okay,
0: good to know. Good to know. But I could
1: be wrong. I should start asking (laughs) when I when I talk to CPAs, I'll start asking so I can give you a more educated answer
0: on that. Not that it's going to necessarily, (laughs) you know, impact me directly. But thinking, you know, I got to thinking on that because, like we mentioned, you know, if you're getting paid for it in one tax year. But you're recording it in a different tax year. I can see how that could not necessarily that it's going to you know automatically trigger some mm-hmm. kind of problem. But I can see how if it looks like the books are way skewed, that yeah, could be problematic. Right?
1: It could definitely.
0: But I I think you know I think like we've discussed today, it's just kind of I would you say that it's just a business by business yes. basis how yes. they want to go about
1: exactly. this exactly it's it's going to be based on what the priorities of the business owner are um, a lot of companies want to adhere to gap are you familiar with gap
0: i am not i'm so not so
1: it stands for let me see if i can get it right generally accepted accounting practices okay so a lot of companies they'll say we want to adhere to gap so in the past, when I've been looking for a job in accounting, I'll see that a lot. You must know GAP standards. And these companies probably were under 25 million in gross revenue. So they were just choosing, not that they had to, but they were choosing to adhere to GAP. And GAP standards are accrual methods. Okay.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, it's, it uses a principle called the matching principle, which is an accounting principle, which is that you match the revenue and the expenses in the month that they occur not the month they were paid. Yeah. So um, if a company chooses that they would like to adhere to GAAP standards, then that's what they do. Now publicly traded companies, that's a whole oh, other yes. ballgame because yeah. they must adhere to SEC standards. Now they could still for tax purposes, if they're less than 25 million, they can still for tax purposes do in a cash basis. However, they have to have an accounting system that records accrual. They have to be able to provide the SEC yeah. those financials on an accrual basis. So <clears throat> there are some additional regulations for companies that are public. So, so in
0: that case, if you're doing an accrual method, you might as well just roll with the accrual method.
1: The, well, I would say they probably have a staff of strategists that yeah. do tax strategy all day and they figure out. Where they can get the least amount of tax liability, yes. yeah, so maybe, maybe not, not necessarily. Good so point. <laughs> good
0: point, good point.
1: So, yeah, I think that's all I got on that topic. What do you think?
0: Um, I, I certainly have have learned a lot, have you? And I like I said, I didn't know anything about that going in. Um, but what's just so interesting is, What I've continued to learn from this podcast, By the Books, and what I've learned from you, Lindsay, is that there are so many ways to get things done, and there are so many things that you may be a business owner. Maybe you've just started your business, and there are benefits, things that are going to help you financially financially that you may not even know about that is right true. and so that's why i think a, a podcast like this is so is so beneficial um you will learn something yes. learn something every week um you know even the the podcast from last week with with steve Wasn't where that good? it it is and it's just you know it's it's knowledge like that um but it's also knowledge that you can get from from actually coming and having a conversation with you Lindsay, there's yeah. a lot you can get out of the podcast, but you're not going to be able to, hey, this is my business, blah, blah, blah. And that's why you want to reach out to Sucline and, and and to Lindsay and have that personal conversation. And so, I'll
1: say this too. Um, if okay. somebody is looking for a tax professional, financial professional of any kind, really, a bookkeeper, um, this is a good question to ask is, do you, do you understand the difference between cash and accrual accounting methods, and which would you recommend that I use? See if they can answer that in an educated way. Um, That will give you a big indication if they even know what that is, and if they don't, it's probably not a good fit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I can tell you an e- easy way around that. You just come straight to Lindsay, and you don't have Thank to worry you. about them not getting it right. So for those who are interested in that, they want to reach out to you, Lindsay, either to you know inquire specifically about your bookkeeping services, or maybe they're just interested in learning more and they want a one-on-one. So um, how do they get a hold of you?
1: So they can email me at info at and our website is sakline.com, S-A-K-L-I-N-E.com. Anyone that is in need of bookkeeping services, I would feel honored to have the opportunity to try to help you with that. And, Chris, tell people how they can find you.
0: Yes, thank you, Lindsay. Uh, you can find us online, live. My email address, I'd love for you to, to just email me that way. Chris at freedonation.live. It's K-R-I-S at freedonation.live.
1: Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. We appreciate your support. And until next time, bye-bye.
0: By the Books is presented by Secline. Honest, accurate bookkeeping performed on time. For more information on Secline services or to get a hold of Lindsay, visit secline.com or email info at secline.com. The information provided on this website and podcast does not, and is not, intended to constitute legal advice. Instead, all information, content, and materials available are for general information purposes only. Information provided by Secline may not constitute the most up-to-date legal or other information. Listeners should contact their attorney to obtain advice with respect to any particular legal matter and should refrain from acting on the basis of this information without first seeking legal advice from counsel in the relevant jurisdiction. Only your individual attorney can provide assurances that the information contained herein and your interpretation of it is applicable or appropriate to your particular situation.